Hey folks, and welcome to another edition of Dog Walk Talk, presented to you by Dogs HQ. As always, I'm your host, Jake Roos, and with me as always, the man who's gotten precious little sleep since the end of the season uh, with all of these decisions that are going on, that's Palmer Toms. PT, you getting some rest, buddy? A lot more than I was right after the national championship game. I'm feeling a lot better rested now, um, you know, just over 10 days removed from the game. Um, but like you said, we'll, we'll sleep in February has kind of been my motto. Um, you know, when, once decision season is over, feels like it's coming to a close, but you never really know with the transfer portal and stuff. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, hit a, uh, <clears throat> hit a wall after that national championship game. And, um, you know, now Georgia fans, Georgia media all coming down off of that, uh, you know, trying to regroup, recover and, 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 you know, make the most out of, uh, you know, what may make sense out of everything that's been happening. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I, unfortunately I don't think we're going to get much sleep then either. As my dad said, we'll, we'll <laughs> sleep when we're dead. So, uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's been crazy. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I think a lot of people, I like a lot of people came down with COVID after the national championship. Uh, luckily I bounced back from that. Um, you know, uh, that was tough to go through, but uh, I guess got to lay around and get a little bit of rest while feeling bad, but, uh, there's certainly been no rest for this Georgia team uh, in terms of news, in terms of decisions, um, you know, uh, some unexpected, some expected. Um, I guess, you know, let's just start off. At, I think everybody was anticipating that there would be a lot of action after this season. I mean, the reality is Georgia's signing a really big class in 2022. Um, they're going to look for portal additions and, I think, you know, last time you and I did a scholarship count, they were probably sitting somewhere around the number of 90, uh, you know, if you, if you, once you factored all things in. So things are going to have to change. I mean, they're going to have to bend some numbers. They're going to have to probably get some guys on gray shirts and, you know, get creative with it. Now, luckily for Georgia, uh, these coaches have proven themselves to be really adept at doing that. Um, but, Nonetheless, uh, a lot of big decisions have had to happen as a result. I think, and uh, and, and one thing I do want to note with the scholarship yeah. count, um, it, since it was pointed out on the board, uh, you know, this week, and 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 if you're not on the board, I strongly encourage you to join us. Off season is a great time to join. There's going to be a lot of conversation going on there, a lot of notes, a lot of tips and stuff. Um, but one thing that was worth noting. These super seniors that are coming back, the couple that we'll talk about here, they do count against the 85 this year. Uh, in 2021, they were exempt from that number, uh, you know, to to allow teams to, you know, give every player that wanted to come back the opportunity to do so um, it, without much penalty um, other than having to pay for the scholarship. Um, but these the, these super seniors do count against the 85 now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, they got the one free year and uh, essentially and then uh, it, it's back to business as usual. Um, by my count here, um, and I may just be reading this wrong in terms of people who have confirmed one way or another what they're going to do. So there are still a couple guys out there. 
Jordan Davis, for example, has not made a formal statement as to what he is planning on. Um, but there are a lot of guys out there who have. And um, so I think by my count, um, let's start off with the portal first, uh, because I think that that's a pretty interesting area. Uh, I think I've got seven guys that have uh, opted for the portal since the end of the season. Oh, no, I'm, excuse me. Uh, uh, eight. Uh, I was missing Jalen Johnson on there. Um JT Daniels, uh, obviously the big name and probably the most expected, I would think, of the group. Um, Jermaine Burton, probably the most unexpected, in my opinion, uh, or one of, certainly. Uh, Amir Speed, also in the transfer portal. Latavius Brini uh, takes that step as well. Jalen Kimber in the transfer portal and already out. He's going with the Florida Gators. Lavassier Carroll, uh, a freshman who uh, saw kind of limited action this year. Second-year receiver Justin Robinson, who has also found a home at uh, Miss State, and then Jalen Johnson as well. Looking at that transfer list, uh, like I said, Palmer, I think uh, JT, the most expected of the group, you know, anything that kind of jumped out of that group, though, um, you know, do, do you agree with me, I guess, that Burton was maybe the big surprise or, or uh, you know, maybe somebody else on that list that kind of grabbed your attention a little bit more? No, Burton is easily the biggest surprise there, um, considering that he would have been Georgia's leading receiver, not leading pass catcher. Obviously, that title goes to Brock Bowers, but leading receiver returning this year, um, you know, after hauling in, um, you know, a, a good amount of passes there um, and, and playing a big part in this Georgia offense. I think that, um, you, you know, you, you felt like when he was healthy, he was a big part of the game plan, uh, you know, whether it was, you know, drawing pass interferences like he did in the national championship game. Um, you know, so, some of his impact doesn't get doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Uh, but but yeah, that that one certainly is the most interesting to me, um, especially given the fact that, you know, when you're looking at this receiver room, you've got George Pickens going pro, um, you know, it, and I know we'll talk about that. So you're losing the guy that probably was going to be your number one receiver in 2021 had he been healthy. Uh, but with him, you know, banged up. Uh, you know, at least up until the Georgia Tech game, um, and, and until late in the season, postseason, um, J- Jermaine Burton was that number one guy in terms of returning experience. Uh, you know, started seven games as a freshman, started eight games as a, as a sophomore. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, the way I see it is, um, you know, it, it's it's an interesting move. I think we'll we'll get a lot of clarity on the exact reasoning behind it. Um, you know, here before too long when he announces his decision, um, if he goes to LSU, it makes it pretty clear that he, he was following Cortez Hankton, that Cortez Hankton was a big reasoning behind his leaving. Also, let's not forget that he was committed to LSU for a while. Um, but if he ends up elsewhere, you know, say Alabama or Texas A&M or, or anywhere else, it, it, it makes things a little bit more difficult to understand, um, you know, the reasoning behind it. Um, because I, I don't know that he would step in at Alabama as the number one receiver. I think that you've got a ton of talent there, um, in, in terms of these freshmen that are, that are going to be returning as, as former five stars, uh, you know, stepping into bigger roles with Jamison Williams and, and John Mechie gone, uh, Slade Bolden gone for Alabama. So I don't know that he would step in there as the number one receiver, um, maybe the most proven in terms of his collegiate experience. Um, but obviously we've got to wait and see where he ends up going um, to, to kind of, you know, further understand the reasoning behind him leaving. Yeah. I, I think that was a very interesting one too. Um, you know, I, somebody on the board asked about the idea um, 
and I do think this is really relevant of, you know, how the, uh, what, what they essentially called like the Jermaine Johnson effect, uh, you know, the Georgia outside linebacker who transferred to FSU last year was kind of limited, I guess, was playing, was playing a lot for Georgia and probably would have played a ton this year, but goes to FSU and essentially is the man and has a chance to boost his stock even higher when it comes to the NFL and the draft and all that. Um, you know, I think that for a lot of these guys, that probably did factor in for some of them. Uh, you know, this idea of, you know, Georgia right now seems to be a little bit more collective uh, in its efforts. And I think some guys, you know, and I, I'm not faulting them for this. I mean, I, I, it may sound negative when I say this, but I think some guys want to be the man. Some guys want to be the 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 focal point. And um, maybe that they weren't going to get that at Georgia. Maybe they understood that. And, um, you know, Jermaine Burton, I could see being one of those guys. And look, I mean, I, I, I like Jermaine. I, I've covered him for many, many years. Um, he's moved around a lot. He's played at a lot of high schools. He was at Calabasas out in California. He was at IMG. He was at Marietta. He was at Apeville Charter. Um, so he's a kid who has been around. I mean, he, he's played at a lot of different schools and, um, you know, this decision, uh, like you said, with the move of Cortez Hankton, uh, which we will touch on, I guess here in, in a minute as well. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I, like I said, to me, I don't get it. I think that he had a big opportunity in front of him at Georgia next year, but maybe I'm misreading the room and, uh, maybe, maybe it was not the case that that was going to be the case. Um, you know, for me, I think Jalen Kimber also probably counts as a really huge surprise, um, uh, primarily for the same reason. And that's that I think Jalen Kimber was going to be in the mix for a, a starting cornerback spot next year. Now, whether or not he would have won that, I don't know. Uh, obviously, that's that's TBD uh, for anybody. And, and I think all competitions are open in that regard. But his was a bit of a surprise move to me. Um, look, Corey Raymond is a tremendous uh, defensive backs coach down there in Florida. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm sure recruited him uh, during his time there uh, at LSU. But overall, um, I don't know. Those are the head scratchers for me. Those two guys, especially. <clears throat> look, Justin Robinson, I mean, we can kind of call it what it was. Didn't look like he was breaking through at any real point uh, throughout his career. And he's going to Miss State, which, look, if you're a pass catcher, that's a great spot to go to. Um, you know, Lavoisier Carroll, uh, probably, I think, not, not inside intel here, but just my gut feeling says maybe not thrilled that he had to move the defensive back, came to Georgia with the expectation of playing running back, probably saw that that wasn't going to be the future there. Um, Amir Speed and Latavius Brini. Older guys probably going to get lapped. You know, uh, Brini did by the end of the season. Speed just kind of couldn't get it together over the course of this last season. Uh, other guys were ahead of him, uh, Keely Ringo, Darion Kendrick. Um, so those, those, those make sense to me. But like I said, to be Kimber and Burton, uh, surprises. Not a surprise to see JT Daniels go, but all the same, a very impactful move for Georgia. Um Let's talk yeah, about. I, I'll, I'll chime in on the JT one there because well, I that's do what think I was going to say. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk yeah. about JT though, but simultaneously, let's let's do it with Stetson Bennett opting to return. We'll talk about other guys returning, but I think that to me, JT and Stetson, uh, look, they've been hand in hand all season. They've been hand in hand throughout JT's tenure at, at Georgia. I don't know why they wouldn't be in this instance. JT moves on. Stetson decides to come back. Yeah, I think that it's a situation where um, 
you know, JT probably saw what was in the making here at Georgia. Um, you know, with, with, with sets a minute leading them to a national championship um, and, 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 you know, really having won over the, the coaching staff, the team, um, you know, for better or for worse, um, you know, for Georgia's sake, he has emerged as the guy for Georgia at the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, and, and with a year of eligibility left for Stetson, you know, you, you had to wonder, all right, is he just going to hang it up? Is he going to call it quits? Is he going to decide to transfer somewhere? Because he doesn't really scream NFL, um, especially, you know, at this stage with, with eligibility still remaining. Um, I don't think that Stetson Bennett it has a future in the NFL. He's proven plenty of people wrong before, so maybe he'll prove me wrong this time. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't think that he had a future in the NFL. So t- he was going to play college football at th- this coming year, or he's, or he was going to hang it up. Well, he decides he wants to makes it known that he wants to play college football, and and you know what better place for him to do that than Georgia? Because I think that you would be crazy to walk away from a quarterback that just won you a national championship. Um, I think he'd be crazy. I think he'd be crazy to walk away from all of the NIL opportunities yes. that are inevitably going to come off of, on the heels. Absolutely, of that. absolutely. And and this isn't to say that Stetson Bennett is Georgia's starting quarterback. You know, for the season opener against Oregon, I, I think that he's your starting quarterback going into the spring. But I think that there's going to be competition, and 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 I think he probably knows that. Um, he, he's probably been reassured some that he he's going to go in as as the number one guy. Um, and, and I think that he believes in himself enough where he can prove it um, or, 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 you know, he, he believes that he can go out and prove it. Let's, let's put it that way because he's done it before and he, he thinks he can do it again. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, in terms of JT, how, how that relates to JT, well, you know, it, it was going to be another year of competition. Um, if JT decided to come back, it was, you know, there was no guarantee that he was going to be the starter. In fact, it probably was a, you know, guarantee that, that Stetson was going to be the number one guy going into spring and possibly into the fall. Um, and so for a former five-star guy, former highly recruited guy, um, you know, guy that, that has, has shown spurts of greatness, um, maybe not consistently enough uh, to, to be, you know, this, this highly sought after quarterback that, that, you know, programs like Alabama and Oklahoma and, you know, USC and, Ole Miss, you know, the programs like that are, are going to go after to try and, you know, fill their quarterback position. Not that Alabama needs to fill a quarterback position right now. Um, but, you know, these programs that do need to fill a quarterback position, I don't know that JT Daniels is that guy. Um, at, at least he's not option number one. Um, you know, I think that because of his injury history, you, you've got some question marks there, you know, whether that's the knee or, or the injuries that he, the minor injuries that he suffered this season, um, you know, you've got to wonder, okay, what, what was it that kept him off the field uh, against Stetson Bennett, you know, as opposed to Stetson Bennett. Um, and so I think that in a situation like this, your JT probably, you know, saw how it was going to play out at Georgia figured, you know, why not try and, and go elsewhere where he can maybe, you know, have, have you know, a fresh opportunity there. Um, and, and it's going to be really interesting to see where he lands, um, maybe more so than even Burton, because, you know, you, you kind of have those three front runners for Burton that have at least emerged uh, reportedly. But I, I think that with JT, um, there's a lot of options out there. Um, 
And it's going to be interesting to see kind of, you know, what level of, of college football, what tier of, of, you know, powerhouses he, he falls at, you know, is he going to be at a program where he's competing against Georgia for a national championship next year, or is he going to be, you know, trying to make a bowl game or trying to win a bowl game, trying to get, you know, you know, take that jump from a normal bowl to a, to a, you know, new year six bowl. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see some of these, um, you know, how, how that one plays out. Jake, do you get, do you have a, any thoughts on that? I mean, to me, the fact of the matter is that the clock's ticking on JT Daniels. Uh, there, he's just got to answer questions. I mean, like you said, the idea is can the kid stay healthy and what can he put together uh, on tape? Uh, you know, he's had, like you said, some moments over the course of his career where he's looked really good and looked like a, a former five-star quarterback. But at the same time, over the last, you know, two years, he's also been injured and has, you know, dealt with that kind of for the majority of the year and, and possibly even in instances where it felt like, you know, head scratching to a lot of people where it seemed almost that Kirby smart would say to some degree, you know, yeah, we think he's probably okay to go, but he wasn't going. Uh, and then, you know, later he would come back and say, ah, well, it was, it was a situation where we weren't sure. Maybe he was a little bit uncomfortable. Like I said, the thing about it is for JT, if you're going to make a move, now's the time to do it. You got to figure it out. You got to get the tape together and you got to get the NFL prospects rolling because otherwise the, the opportunity slipping away and you're relying solely then at that point on uh, maybe a combine invite or possibly uh workouts with teams uh, in order to prove yourself. So you know, this is going to be it is going to be an interesting move for JT. And and I don't know, maybe Georgia will see him again. Who knows? Uh, you know, they'll, maybe they'll they'll have to, to face him like they will Jalen Kimber. But, you know, he, I, he's I also got to graduate. He's also got to yeah. graduate because he sure. has transferred before, uh, which adds an, you know, uh, an extra step that he kind of has to go through to transfer again. Um, I'm not exactly sure how the fact that he got that waiver um, you know, factors into the free transfer ability. But I do think that, you know, it, it, without a doubt, it would make it a lot easier if he graduated, which he, he is, I've, you know, got to be pretty close to it. Um, you know, having been in college for this is now his eighth semester. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, I, I think that, um, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I don't see any negative side to Stetson Bennett coming back. I know a lot of people do. Uh, you know, we've seen people on our board say that I've seen people on Twitter say that Facebook, whatever. Um, for me, I just don't see it as a negative. I don't, I, I have a hard time even spinning it that way, uh, to try to play devil's advocate. You've got a kid who led you to a national championship, something nobody's done in 41 years. And, and look, do we know Stetson Bennett's limitations? Yeah. To some degree, I think we do. I think we have a pretty good handle on those things, but simultaneously, Championship experience is championship experience. There's there's only so many guys who have it, and it's it's an impactful thing to have. And it to be able to win on a big stage and in that moment matters. And you know, I think all anybody really wants is the assurance. And I, and I fall in this camp as well. All anybody wants is the assurance that it's going to be an open quarterback competition come the spring. Uh, that this is not a situation where Stetson Bennett is guaranteed a job. You know, if there's a better guy out there, he'll play. And and I'm of the mind that that was the case all along. I think that that has been the case. I don't think Kirby Smart is intentionally playing a worse player. 
Um, so I think that they go into spring and into the fall with very open minds as to who can handle these quarterback reigns. If Brock Vandegrift's that guy, he'll get it. He'll get the start. I, I feel confident in that. Uh, Gunnar Stockton, same thing. Carson Beck, perhaps even, you know, it, it's a situation with all of those guys where if they can outduel Stetson Bennett, then the job's theirs. I, I, I believe that firmly. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think by the time this podcast comes out, I'll have an op-ed piece out on on my take on the Bennett situation. Um, I'm I'm with you. I I don't see a downside to it. I have a hard time spinning it, uh, you know, to, to for the negative. I, I'd say, um, you know, a lot of the same things that you said. The the, the championship experience. There aren't many quarterbacks in college football. Uh, you know, they, they will have that. I mean, I mean, you could. He's going to be the only one that has won a national championship in college football. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I, I have a really hard time, uh, you know, I mean, trying there are a lot of guys who've won an orange bowl, a new year's six bowl. I mean, that's that, you know, that JT Daniels is one of them. Uh, he, he won the peach bowl. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but- I mean, if you, if you want to talk about quarterback re- quarterbacks returning to college that have won a, a new Year's six bowl, you've got Stetson Bennett, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, J.T. Daniels, ironically. Um, anyone else? I mean, I mean, not not anybody who jumps off the page to me. I mean, I'm sure there are a couple other guys out there. I mean, is Baylor's quarterback coming back? I don't know. Um, but you know, I mean, the, the the fact of the matter remains that this is a situation with all of these guys where you know, that matters. And there's a limited number of guys who do that. It's the same thing with college football winning coaches, right? I mean, there's a reason that people get paid to win championships. There's a there's a handful of guys who have won a national championship in college football. Kirby Smart is now among them, but he's the newest member of the club by some stretch of the imagination. I mean, there's otherwise there's not a lot of dudes out there who can do that. So, I get it. Uh, you know, I, I'm with you. Uh, you know, people are going to feel how they're going to feel. Stetson has proven that he is a divisive character, uh, you know, I, by no fault of his own, in my opinion. I mean, it, it's just people either love him or hate him. And and I I I fall in the I like Stetson Bennett category, I guess. Um, other guys coming back, though, uh, there are a number of them uh, or not, not, a, not a number of them, I guess I should say. But there are some impactful returners. Uh, uh, Nolan Smith, uh, to me, um, probably the biggest uh, that's returning for Georgia. Uh, key pass rusher for them. Big emotional leader on that defense. Uh, guy who contributed significantly, obviously, this year and last. Um, Robert Beal, the lead sack, uh, the leader in sacks for the team, uh, also back this year. Uh, as Which well as let's let's pause right there. Who would have ever thought that you'd be saying that Robert Beal was was the leader in sacks for yeah. Georgia this season? Sure. I mean, and and, and we kind of discussed this off air a little bit, but who would have ever thought that that it would be a big deal that Robert Beal is coming back to Georgia headed into sure. this season? Yeah, um, I mean, two you, years ago you would have probably thought Robert Beal would have been transferred by now. He entered the transfer it's, portal. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like it was all kind of trending in that direction. And so a lot of credit to him. I mean, a lot of credit to him, a lot of credit to this coaching staff for being able to, you know, stick to him uh, there and, and, you know, showing a commitment to him. I think that that's that's a really great story, Um, one that I'm sure we will tell, you know, a lot next year. 
um, you know, as we get to speak with him and stuff. But yeah, I mean, that, that that's that's one that jumps off the page to me um, as well as Nolan, like you said. Uh, and then the secondary, you've got Chris Smith and William Poole, uh, Poole, who played significantly down the stretch for Georgia, especially in that Orange Bowl, uh, uh, the SEC Championship, Orange Bowl, and uh, obviously the National Championship. And then Chris Smith, who I think was just a, a dynamite part of this defense this year, uh, had a breakout year and I think could have tested the NFL waters and probably had some success with it, but um, you know can boost his stock even further um, by, by being the man, I guess, in the uh, the deep backfield for them. Um, you know, I hey, look, I – Returning experience is great. I mean, that's there's I don't know. You're not going to convince me really otherwise. I, I think it's good to have guys who played significant snaps in the SEC and in big time games back on your roster. That's that seems, I don't know, pretty cut and dry to me. Yeah. Um, from an NFL perspective, uh, Georgia losing quite a bit. John Fitzpatrick uh, announcing he's in. Uh, or to going to the draft, Channing Tindall also, Quay Walker, Nicobe Dean, Samir White, James Cook, George Pickens, uh, Devontae Wyatt, and Justin Schaefer had to. They were out of eligibility. Darion Kendrick making that move. Jake Camarda uh, and Jamari Sawyer uh, also um, doing that. To me, not a lot of huge surprises in there. A couple guys you thought maybe would test it another year. You know, Channing was a guy that you thought, okay, possibly he could come back, maybe boost his stock a little bit more. I thought maybe one of Zamir and James, probably Zamir would come back. Camarda to me, I think is an interesting one just because specialists are uh, so often not taken uh, in, in the NFL draft. Um, but I get it, you know. Uh, you know, he's I'm, he's a, he's a graduate. He's a kid who's gone through it. I mean, he's been here four years. I can see why you'd want to move on if that's that's your ultimate goal. Um, I don't know. It, no, like I said, though, no real surprises in that group for me personally. How about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, John Fitzpatrick would probably be the biggest surprise to me in that group. Um, you know that that he, but he's got the frame. For, you know, of a, a great tight end. Um, you know, I think that he probably saw the writing on the wall that that Brock Bowers was going to be the 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 centerpiece of this Georgia tight end room, not only next year but the next year too. So, you know, I I, I see um, I see the reasoning behind him leaving. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I felt like you know maybe you get one of those guys back from that running back room, or maybe you get one of the guys back from the inside linebacker group. Um, but overall, like you said, not too many surprises. Um, I, I think that the biggest surprises to me came in who decided to come back and, and that's, that's all good surprises for Georgia there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, Smith and, and Bill, we obviously addressed that. I, I think that that, that establishes a core group of guys in that front seven that you can rely on those two, along with Jalen Carter, who didn't have a decision to make. Um, you, you know, you, you know, given the fact that they are losing so much at inside linebacker, you knew that that was going to be a spot where Georgia was going to be young. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at some guys that are, are going to be stepping into much bigger roles this year. And so any way that you can help them is, is a good way. Uh, you know, absolutely. That is the case by having two guys on the edge uh, in Smith and Beal that, that are going to be able to help them, and, and a guy on that defensive line that's going to be able to help in, in Jalen Carter, and then and then on, like you said in the secondary, um, I think that it's big that you've got a safety back, um, somebody who, who's who's been a leader for Georgia the last 
season and a half, really looking back to, to Richard LeCount's injury midway through the 2020 season when, when Smith had to step in and, and fill a role. I th- felt like he played really, really strong football to start the season, and then he got banged up. And, 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 and so that, you know, you, you felt like that injury might have set him back some, um, you know, certainly in that SEC championship game. Um, you, you felt like he was healthier by the time the season was coming to a close. Um, you know, had the interception in, in the national championship game, but I still feel like there was a, a, a lot of really good football ahead of him. And so I think that that's a big one to have back. I mean, you could make the case that, that he made the biggest play of the season for Georgia, uh, you know, with, with that pick six against Clemson, because I don't know that the, the, the 12 and 0 regular season probably doesn't happen without that. I mean, yeah. that, that game, you know, set the tone for everything. And, and, and you probably don't get into the playoffs if you lose a, a game in the regular season plus lose the way that they did in the SEC championship. Um, so you, you could make a case that that was the biggest play for Georgia, in, at least in terms of getting into the playoffs. Um, and, and so I think that getting him back is big. Pairing, Being able to pair him with two guys in, in the secondary, that three guys in the secondary that are experienced, four guys in the secondary that are experienced, if you include Keely Ringo, William Poole, uh, Tyke Smith obviously has experience elsewhere. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits into this Georgia defense uh, in, in year two for him, um, but really year one of being healthy and, and Dan Jackson as well. Um, so I think that we, we, you've got a really good, solid core group in that secondary. It's going to be really interesting to see how they fill some of these holes, uh, where some of these pieces may fall. Um, you know, the, the, the two deep depth chart, if one guy goes down, who moves where, um, that th- those are all going to be things that we'll, we'll, you know, have plenty of time to discuss between now and September 3rd. Yeah. I mean, look, I think the reality is that George is going through something that it's not gone through in, a, in ever in well, 41 years in that the stock is super high. These guys have played in big time games. They've had great national exposure. I understand the need to want to test these waters. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Now, beyond this year, I think that there are some guys, some of these guys it's not going to work out for. I, I do. I, I think that's unfortunately the nature of the business, and that's how it goes sometimes. And maybe that'll cause give some other guys some pause moving forward. I don't know. But, you know, there, I, I understand, you know, take it while the stock's high. I get that. Um, I did want to touch on, uh, before we wrap things up here, though, uh, Cortez Hankton's decision. Uh, obviously, um, Georgia down and outside linebackers coach with Dan Lanning. We touched on that some time ago. Uh, that's been expected. He's now officially with the Oregon Ducks as the head coach. Uh, but Cortez Hankton with a lateral move uh, going from wide receivers coach at Georgia to wide receivers coach at Louisiana uh, State University and Better known as LSU. Yeah, a a native of New Orleans, uh, a guy who uh, knows that area well and and has recruited it great and, um, you know, should do very well there. Um, But I guess just, you know, where do you stand, I guess, on Georgia, you know, having to fill that spot? Are you surprised Hankton made this move? You know, how does it kind of shape things moving forward, in your opinion? Yeah, it's it's certainly interesting. Um, I I feel like that – it's always interesting when you see a lateral move, especially, um, you know, from a program that's having the success that Georgia is having right now. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the money entails, um, you know, how much of a lateral move it is there. Um, 
But I think that, you know, getting closer to home probably played a big factor in that. There's no doubt in my mind that getting closer to home played a big factor in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that, um, you know, it, obviously a great opportunity for him to do that. I think Georgia fans wish him nothing but the best. Um, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how Georgia goes about filling that position. You've already seen with, with some of these guys out on the recruiting trail, Buster Faulkner is out there on the recruiting trail, kind of filling that slot to, to give Georgia the, you know, a lot of amount of coaches on the recruiting trail They're they're putting Faulkner out there. Could be interesting to see, you know, whether Todd Munkin moves from the offensive coordinator spot, you know, focusing with quarterbacks to offensive coordinator working with the wide receivers. That's where most of his NFL experience has been um, and, and his college experience as well, um, in which case Faulkner would be a, a you know easy person to put into that spot at the quarterback position. Um, you could also see Georgia maybe potentially go after a guy like Heinz Ward, um, you know, somebody who's got experience coaching that position and obvious strong ties to the U- to UGA. So um, that that's going to be a storyline to watch. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure the timing of that. Um, I think that, you know, you, you, you probably want to get through this uh, February recruiting period, um, you know, and, 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 you know, but part of me says that you would want to have it figured out, um, you know, for some of these February guys. But I think that with Georgia having the majority of its class in place, um, it's not as much of a need. Uh, you want to make sure that you get the right hire. And so it's 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 not one. Kirby Smart has shown that he's going to take his time with some of these decisions in the past. Um, and, and I think that that could be the case here. And, and you know, maybe we'll know more about it by spring practice. Um, you know, I, I would say if we haven't heard anything by spring practice, then then it's probably an in, in internal move um, and, and something that, that Georgia has dealt with internally there. Um, because I feel like if, if you're going out and making a hire, you're probably doing that before spring ball so that you can get your guys working with their guy. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, we just put up a story with uh, AJ Hoffler over at uh, Dogs HQ um, in which he said, you know, they talked to him about it. He's an edge guy for the 2024, uh, 2023 class, excuse me, and basically said, you know, Georgia told me they want to get this taken care of in the next two weeks. So it'll be in that window is what it sounds like around uh, national signing day, but, but, no, but that's we'll, the defensive side of the ball, obviously. Right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, with the offensive side of the ball, you know, I'm with you. They've got pieces internally that can move in. You know, Mike Bobo is a guy who's he's hanging out in the. You know, I was going to say the unemployment line, but he's probably more like posted up next to the pool, sipping my ties right now. Uh, that's what I'd be doing if I were Mike Bobo. So. Uh, you know, there's there are intriguing options out there. And that's the good thing for Georgia is they, the way that they've constructed their roster is similar to the way that they've constructed their coaching staff. It's not an idea of having to rebuild or scramble when one of these things happens. It's the idea of, OK, well, we've got places to turn and we've got guys that can step into these roles and fill them. So, yeah. Um, and, and, and since we talked briefly about the defensive opening there, I guess I'll give you know a possible scenario there where Georgia could hire internally is they could very easily move. Must champ, you know, from working with the special teams and, and and having a hand in the secondary, he could very easily move to the outside linebackers coach uh, and, and be able to get Scott Cochran back on the field working with special teams there. If that's what Georgia wants to do, you know, go internally on defensive side of the ball, too. So, you know, like you said, a lot of options, um, you know, both offensively and defensively. I think it's always intriguing. Um, it's exciting when, when you've got a head, a, excuse me, not a head coaching position open. Uh, 
uh, an assistant coaching position open because it's a way it's an opportunity for that head coach to continue to shape and and mold uh, his program the, the way that he wants it to be. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. It, it can be an indication of what what you know the future may look like, whether you know things are going to go a different direction or or whether it's going to be some more of the same. So I, I think that that's always an intriguing storyline to watch. Um, you know, just like recruiting is when you're building your roster, uh, it, it's certainly that way when you're when you're trying to fill out coaching positions. Yeah, I'm with you uh, for sure. Um. It's good. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to take care of in the next couple of weeks uh, between signing day, between coaching hires, um, you know, spring practice will be here before we know it. And uh, we'll be, it'll make all of this national championship stuff feel like a distant memory. Not really. It won't, uh, but it will, it will at least, uh, you know, prep everybody for the, the new and upcoming season. So I uh, know everybody will be looking forward to all of that. We'll have you covered on all of it over at dogs HQ. So make sure to get over and check us out. Uh, we got tons of stuff over on the dog walk, which is our message board for uh, premium subscribers. Uh, and uh, we got stories rolling out on the daily. So uh, tons going on and, and uh, it may be the off season, but boy, it sure has not felt like it over at Dogs HQ. So come over, check us out. Come hang with us. Seven-day free trial over there uh, if you want to give us a spin before you uh, dive all the way in. Um, but that being said, I think that's it for me, If uh, unless you got something else, Paul. Nope, all good. All right, cool. Let's wrap it up on that one then. For Palmer Toms, I'm Jake Roos. This has been another edition of Dog Walk Talk presented to you by Dogs HQ. Thanks for tuning in.